Sunday Golds, Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt. It's been a, a couple of months since we last talked to you when Florida State season came to an end in the Oxford Regional and um, a lot going on this summer. Obviously, the MLB draft, uh, recruiting, um, finding new pieces, seeing players in the transfer portal, both receiving and leaving Florida State and uh should be a, a lot of fun to kind of break down what's going on. I know a lot of questions have been asked. Sorry, Masudi and Brett Nevitt, as we mentioned. And um, Brett, I think uh, the first thing I want to mention uh, is that you're having a, a pretty cool experience this summer um, up in the Cape Cod with the Cape Cod League with Coach Tuit. Uh, just kind of tell everybody what you're doing right now and, and just kind of the experience. Yeah, I'm just up here on the Cape working for um, the Tuit Cataliers, one of the Cape teams. And um, just as our writer and, uh, you know, putting out stories every day and doing stuff for us, but, you know, also trying to keep up with the Florida state stuff. Um, so it's been a busy summer. It's been pretty exhausting, but it's been fun and, um, been a fun experience and there's not much better baseball than on the Cape and there's not many better fields. So it's been really fun, but really excited to start talking about FSU again and getting back to practices in the fall. Has it been cool to watch some of these guys play for the team that you're covering after you literally covered a lot of them in the in the college season yeah it's been I mean it's been awesome to see some of our guys up here and catch up with some of our guys and you know meet a couple of our new guys potentially up here as well so um, you know getting to see Cape players play just with other players and play against the best and see how they can handle themselves and um, I think it just gives you a really good idea of what you can expect in the season and I think we've gotten some of that up here so um, you know I'm excited for the 2022 season I think yeah, and there's a lot of moving parts here, and uh, I think we should first start uh, this summer edition of Sunday Golds with um, just talking about the draft. Florida State uh, ended up having, I believe, seven guys drafted, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that are on the current team, and I think uh, another couple of guys signed uh, from the high school ranks, but um Brett, let's talk first and foremost about Matt Nelson. Uh, he goes 35th overall to the Reds. A uh, great organization and and signs for a, a pretty nice chunk of change uh, north of two million at two point one, which was slot for his position. Um, really good to see Nelly get what he deserves and and the hard work that he's put in over the years uh, to finally have that come to fruition. Uh, he's a guy that I think has a chance to to move pretty quickly through the minor leagues and and maybe make a major league debut not too far away from now. Yeah, and it was really good to see him. Uh, you know, catch a day one pitch. You know, I think it was second to last on day one, but that was really good to see. And then it was really good to see him get his slot too. Um, you know, it was a second draft year, but he still a lot of leverage. So that was really good to see. And, um, you know, I always thought Matt had a chance to go right in that range and right close to the end first round or in that compensation round. But, um, I mean, he finished his career hitting 300 exactly at Florida State over three seasons. And I don't think Florida State could have asked for much more for him, from him as, you know, a leader and as a baseball player over his time at Florida State. Um, so seeing it pay off for him and him getting the money and him getting that draft pick, um, you know, I think we were both really excited when we heard his name called on, on day one. Yeah. And I don't think it's a, it's a, you know, apples to, to apples comparison, but it was really, you know, talking to a couple of friends that reminded us of James Ramsey uh, in a lot of ways back when, you know, James um, kind of exploded in that final year in Tallahassee uh, from a guy who was a good baseball player, to a guy who ended up becoming a great baseball player. Um, and I think James ended up going in the first round, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And I want to say it was to the Cardinals as well. Um, but good to see Matt happy for him and his family. Um, 
that's a guy that's going to represent Florida State well and a great ambassador. I think that's someone that you can also expect whenever he can to be back on campus, you know, around the program um, and doing what he can uh, to kind of mentor future Seminoles. And um, another guy too, Robbie Martin, I think you have to be excited for him, a top 10 round pick, uh, eighth round to the Rockies. He ended up signing over slot as well. I think he netted about $200,000, which was about 20 grand over what that pick was supposed to get. But Robbie's another one that that bat plays and, and Brett, I guess it just depends on defensively um, where they, where they put them, um, how fast he can get to the big leagues. Yeah, I think it's defensive. And if his power continues to grow, um, I think that's the other big thing that he just needs his power to keep coming along. And I think people think it will, he has the frame to do it. Um, you know, he showed it a bit this year. Um, you know, if it wasn't for one pretty long slump this year, I think he would have gone much higher, but um, you know, good to see him go day two. Good to see Hunter Purdue go day two. Um, you know, he got a pretty under slot, but, um, you know, I thought Hunter was pretty deserving of that. I mean, Hunter, you know, coming out of, if he had never had to, you know, that arm surgery, then he probably would have gone a lot higher on a Juco, but, um, you know, he worked hard to get back from it. I mean, touched a hundred this year. Um, so I mean, those are two guys that I thought were pretty deserving, thought they might go higher too, but, um, you know, for them to sneak into day two, that was good to see. And then, of course, you had a, a trio of guys go in the mid rounds for for Florida State. Um, really excited for, uh, of course, uh, Jack Anderson, Elijah Cabell, and uh, Connor Grady, um, who uh, all of them, uh, I believe, have signed or are going to sign. I know there's some question marks with Cabell um, on when he might sign, but they feel confident that that's going to happen. And um, Brett, uh, let's start with uh, with Jack, uh, someone you know pretty well, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about Elijah too. Yeah, Jack just signed. Um, I think yesterday it was one hundred twenty thousand. One hundred twenty-five thousand was what he got. Um, you know, pretty close to the number he wanted. I think so. Um, you know, that was good to see. You know, thought he might be someone that would go a little higher, but he wanted a pretty high number. Um, you know, in those in that on that third day, uh, you know, probably never pitched as much as he should have at Florida State. I mean, a two seven five ERA over fifty nine innings. Um, you know, build a lot of roles for Florida State, and I think he'll be a starter at the next level. Um, you know, I think Elijah, I mean, that's just – he's always going to be a wild card at the next level. And um was kind of surprised somebody didn't take a chance on him a little higher, but you know, I think that's a guy that could be a steal to draft. But, um, you know, it's just very boomer bust. And, you know, some teams obviously are really scared of that. But, you know, nobody has as much raw potential as, as Elijah does. And, um you know, really, really good to see Connor Grady go. Saw him got 50,000, I believe. Um, you know, Connor's just going to give you, I mean, he just gives you everything you could want out of a starter, you know, the right mentality. And then, you know, Tyler Ahern went as well. Another guy that was, was good to see him go. See, you know, got the Florida State really struggled with command. And then when Coach Bellinger got there, he really started to figure it out and, um, you know, went in the last round of the draft and got some pretty good money for that. So, um, you know, all those guys are guys that I think represented themselves well at Florida State, and I think will represent them well in, in, in the pros. Yeah, Ahern, 20th round of the Rockies, 75K, I believe was the number that we saw that he signed, and that's awesome for him uh, and his family. I'm sure they're excited. Uh, Tyler throws hard, you know, 95, 96, seen some sevens. Um, and, you know, if you get drafted there in those mid-rounds, I guess in, in this specific draft, 20th was the last one, but typically that's like your, your mid-round um, selection those are guys with some upside that I think, you know, minor league instructors feel like they can 
maybe get something out of, and, and that could be a steal, so to speak, of a draft uh, for some of these franchises. But uh, Cabell, you know, I know he went 14th round uh, out of high school to the Brewers and um, really just, I think he's just the kind of the same player that he was, you know, coming in um, fr- from high school in terms of at least how he projects to the MLB, right? It's, it's the power is going to be there. Swing and miss is, you know, worrisome for some teams, like you said, but um, you know, Cabell has a chance and, and it's because he possesses a raw gift uh, in, in the power that you just, you just don't, you know, you don't see every day. And, and if someone finds a way to tap into that consistently without the swing and miss, I wouldn't be surprised to see Elijah Cabell make the MLB on a roster because that is home run derby level power um, that a guy like that could, could really find. So happy for him. Um, He has not signed yet officially, but again, as of today of this podcast, uh, they are expecting, they are expecting uh, him to, to report, um, for the Cardinals and, and to start his major league career, his minor league career. Um, Connor Grady, uh, 18th round of the Orioles. Um, that's another guy that, you know, had a great career at Florida state, Brett. Yeah. I mean, Connor's, I think he threw almost 150 innings or something like that. And, you know, you know, four year a and under, um, just always gave Florida state what they needed. And I'm, I mean, I mean, that's a pretty surefire pick that, you know, you're going to get at somebody that just gives you, um, quality innings every time he goes out there and, you know, exactly what he's going to do. Just try to throw strikes with three different pitches. Um, you know, obviously the velo isn't great, but, you know, if he, you know, he's able to still get lots of swing and misses with his slider and change up. So I think um, he's a guy that could be, you know, someone sneaky to work their way through the Cardinals system in the future. Yeah, and then, of course, the high school recruits, um, some of them signed. Uh, but Florida State, I mean, I think overall – Brett, you have to be pretty pleased with how FSU fared uh, in the draft in terms of guys that were incoming that they thought they might lose. I know Arroyo and Brat ended up signing, but when you get what you got uh, with, with Baumeister, Ferrer, and Tibbs to, to turn down big-time money and to show up to campus, if you're Mike Martin Jr., if you're Jimmy Bellinger, and you know if you're Mike Metcalf, you have to be pretty excited. Yeah, Arroyo was one that was pretty certain going to go um, not something that was a super surprise to the coaches. Uh, Mitch Bratt had really performed well in the, the draft league, the league that MLB set up this year. So, um, you know, after what he did against those guys, a lot of teams getting eyes on him. Um, I kind of figured that he would be someone that would go way over slot. And that's what, um, you know, he got, I think he got double the amount he was supposed to get. Um, so obviously, I mean, it's really tough to turn that down. But, you know, Florida State did get Jackson Bowmeister, who, um, you know, not, very it's pretty similar to where Carson Montgomery was ranked uh, last year last draft and um you know Bo Meester is not as powerful as Montgomery but he's an extremely polished pitcher somebody that has um you know 92-94 with ease um you know he's you know his arm's pretty fresh it's just something that's really exciting I mean even if Florida State had lost Bo Meester it still would have been a good draft um you know but getting Bo Meester made it a really really good draft for Florida State I think and what they're getting from their recruits um, you know, Florida State could have lived without Bowmeister just because of all that depth that they do have in their pitching staff. But with him in there, it's just it's hard to look at this pitching staff and not think that it has a real chance to be best in the country, not one of, but just all the good arms they have in there. It's just if some of these guys reach their potential, it's just it could be really special. And then, like you mentioned, James Tibbs was the big one for me. He turned down some money. Um, you know, some a guy that really had helium from the high school season. 
really good bat. Uh, you know, left-handed hitter can put a lot of balls over the outfield fence. For me, I haven't seen him play this summer, but I've heard good things. Um, you know, for me, I would say he's a guy that's that's going to be a starting outfielder for Florida State on opening day. Um, you know, all three outfield positions are probably going to need brand new guys. Um, you know, he could be a really special talent at Florida State, I think, and maybe one of those next stars that they're they've been looking for. Uh, another name, like you mentioned, Jaime Ferrer turned down some money as well. Um, you know, he's a catcher, could also play outfield. A lot of stuff he can do for you. Very athletic kid. Has always been a guy that performs in games when I've seen him. So really excited about that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about this entire recruiting class. I think it could have some different difference makers in it. Um, could have some guys that are very athletic, make things happen. Um, I know the coaching staff is very, very excited about it. Um, and they just think that it could be a game-changing class. Yeah, I think, you know, keep your eyes and ears open for James Tibbs. As, as Brett says, that's going to be a player that makes waves in his first season in Tallahassee. Um, speaking of, you said Mitch Bratt signed for over slot. He did a, a double 850, uh, and his slot was 425,000. So that's incredible. Um, good job by his, his agent, whoever it was, to help him get that. Arroyo signed for over slot too, uh, by a little bit. Um, he signed for 1.65 million. Um, so big time shortstop there that, that goes to the Mariners. Um, but yeah, like you said, Florida state, I think was winners in the draft. Uh, and there were some names that, you know, Brett, you and I, when we talked on the phone, we were surprised, uh, some of the guys who were on Florida state's team that didn't get drafted, uh, especially, you know, a Logan Lacey or a Davis hair. Yeah. And I think you're going to add Jonas Clark to that mix too, but Logan Lacey is really the one for me. Um, as of now, I'm, you know, from what I've heard, it sounds like all three of those guys, Davis Hare, Jonas Galaro, and Logan Lacey are going to come back. Um, you know, have heard a little bit about Davis wanting to sign. Um, that's the only one that uh, has been iffy a little bit so far, but I believe the coaching staff expects those guys back. Um, you know, the really interesting one, I think, is Reese Albert. Um, you know, always was a guy that was extremely talented, but has just dealt with so many injuries. Um, kind of knew he wasn't going to get drafted just because of the injuries, but um, I'm really interested to see if somebody gives him a chance with some money here. Um, you know, I think Reese really wants to go pro. I think Reese wants to, you know, get into rehab in a pro facility, get back to, you know, just get a new fresh start, I think, and try to let his ability play again. Um, you know, Florida State obviously isn't a bad, you know, backdrop and a bad, um, you know, plan B. But, you know, I really think Reese would like to sign, but I think we're only, you know, four days until that signing period is over now. So that's one to keep an eye on, I think. But, you know, as of now, I'm thinking that he's, uh, you know, going to try to sign as, as much as he can. Yeah, and, you know, if they do end up coming back to Florida State, you know, especially a guy like Logan Lacey, who, right, he just got better as the season went along. I mean, he ended up becoming arguably your, your most important bat, not named Matt Nelson. I mean, it was incredible to watch Logan nearly carry Florida State through the regional um, and almost got them, you know, uh, pretty deep into the tournament. But um, that could be a big name to come back. You know, if, if Reese does end up coming back, I think Florida State wouldn't complain about having a center fielder um, that they can lock in there and, and feel good about. Um, and then, you know, if Heron Scalaro come back, you've got two guys proven veteran experience that have thrown a lot of innings and, and have performed at a high level. Um, and we'll talk about Jonah's summer right now in the Cape um, a little bit later on, but um, just finishing up thoughts on the draft uh, as, as we move into some, maybe some transfer portal talk. 
Yeah, I just was, I mean, coming away from the draft, I just think it was a really net positive for Florida State. And they, you know, got to be happy with what they came away with and, you know, got to be happy with the number of guys that had drafted. I think it was second in the ACC, seven guys going. Um, you know, it just shows you how talented that pitching staff was too. Um, I mean, you got, I think, five pitchers or four pitchers drafted and only one of them was your weekend starter. So you got, you know, two of your other guys coming back. Um, you know, I think it, it gives you a lot of hope for the, the future. And, you know, it also is a really good net positive right now in the present. Yeah, without a doubt. And then I think, you know, something I noticed was that, you know, the, the Florida Gators, I think only had like seven or eight players drafted as well. Um, and it's the first time in a while that, you know, you kind of look there and, and the Gators don't have like double the number of draftees that FSU has. Um, so the, the talent gap shrinking um, for sure. I think it's just another testament to what meet Metcalf and, and Bellinger are building right here in Tallahassee. Uh, they are getting better, um, not just on the mound, but, but you know, at the plate and the talent is is growing. And as you see more of these kids, Brett, come in and, and choose college and choose to go to Florida State over starting a pro career out of high school, I think those draftable numbers are only going to go up. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to have a lot of kids soon here. I mean, over the next two or three years, especially from the pitching staff, I mean, you know, right now Bryce Hubbard's being talked about as maybe the top you know, lefty arm out of college this upcoming season in the draft. Um, you know, this is Florida State could have some, you know, really notable names here soon in the draft. And I think it's going to be a school that a lot of scouts are at in the fall and in the spring and, you know, practice it at games. It's just going to be a school that might be a hotbed of talent soon, I think. And you mentioned Bryce Hubbard. And again, we're going to touch on the, the summer league circuit here uh, in a couple of minutes. But let's, uh, Brett, let's talk a little bit um about the transfer portal let's move into to guys that are leaving via the transfer portal that's no doubt you know now it's it's really just a part of college sports not just baseball but football basketball it's become the norm and kids are gonna you know come and they're gonna go and a lot of times now you're only gonna have players for a year and and only kind of have that name on the roster for maybe a year and then you can expect a few new names pretty much every single year too um I'll let you kind of jump into the big names that Florida state had um, add and leave. Um, and I'll kind of touch on it as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say, I mean, first of all, what they've done in the transfer portal has been, I mean, I don't think it could have gone any better. I don't think it could have gone more to plan. Um, they've really used the portal to fill needs. Um, you know, it, they've just been putting pieces to the puzzle for this season and, um, you know, I've kind of, I was kind of hitting that early in the summer that there was help on the way. And I mean, they did a really good job of finishing on what they wanted to do. Um, likely are done with the portal. Now they've picked up four guys from the portal and a Juco transfer. Um, you know, first is Brett Roberts. Um, he's playing here in Katia. So I've been watching him all summer. Um, you know, I expect him to be Florida state's second baseman. Um, you know, he fills the need of athleticism of contact um, of speed. I mean, he can do a lot of things for Florida state. Um, but the big thing for me, like I said, is contact. Um, you know, he's only striking out up here about 12% of the time and that's against, you know, the best arms in the country really on the Cape. Um, you know, he's, he's just got a beautiful hand action at the plate. And, you know, we talked to our coaches up here and they just love everything about his swing. Scouts love everything about his swing. Um, for me, I really think he's got a chance to be Florida state's one of their best hitters and, you know, top three guy in the order. Um, you know, he's going to swing a lot and he's not going to walk much, but that's kind of the mentality Florida state needs. I think at the top of their lineup, 
Um, you know, especially if you have Tyler Martin one who, you know, likes to get on base and Roberts behind them. I really like that combo and that potential. Um, you know, I think it, it, that was, you know, their first ad from the transfer portal. And, you know, that was, I don't think it could have been more of a, a better fit and, um, kid really likes to play. And I think he's going to do really good things at Florida state. Um, second one was Joseph Charles, you know, an arm from UNC that hasn't pitched much, hadn't pitched much at UNC, had a lower, lower body, lower body injury this year, but, um, you know, coming out of school, he was one of the top arms to make it, to make it to campus. Um, you know, can throw the ball really, really hard as a couple good off speed pitches just needs to work on his control. Um, you know, hoping when he gets to campus and starts working with Bellinger that he can get that under control. And if he does, that's going to be a really good bullpen arm for Florida State. You know, they were looking for some help, um, you know, righty relievers just after, you know, what they're going to lose this year and, you know, losing Jack and Ahern and uh, Purdue. So that was another need that they needed to fill. And I think that's a good fill if he can find the strike zone a little more consistently. Um, you know, next one, you know, got a couple of rivals coming in, but there are things that Florida State needed and they made sure to, to go out there and get it no matter where they were from. Um, Jordan Carrion from Florida was – um, their shortstop for a good part of the year as a true freshman was a freshman of the week in the SEC at one point. Um, you know, he's not going to hit for a ton of average or power, but he fills the need of Florida State. I think he's going to give them a really good shortstop defensively. I think he's going to give them a bunch of stability at shortstop. I don't think there's going to be any questions about his ability defensively. Got a really big arm, has a good glove. Um, you know, the arm is really impressive. You know, also pitched at Florida this past year as their closer a little bit. Um, you know, I think he's a kid that will hit in the bottom third of Florida State's order. But I think if he gives you the defense at shortstop, then you're going to be really excited about that. And I think he's got a potential to be a really, really good college shortstop. And, you know, lastly, just a couple of days ago, um, Florida State ad added Alex Terrell from, from Miami. Um, you know, it's probably going to be Florida State's DH this upcoming year. And um, they're hoping that it's going to make up the difference with, you know, Matt Nelson leaving. They're going to hope that Terrell adds some of that power. You know, he only had a down year this past year, only seven homers. But, I mean, two years ago, he had a 24-home run year. And, uh, you know, that lefty swing and that short portion right at Dick Hauser, um, that's an extremely, extremely, extremely exciting ad for me. Um, you know, I really think he's going to have a really big year at Florida State. Brings a veteran mindset coming in as a, as a grad transfer. Um, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling that would happen when I saw him enter the portal. Um, and, you know, when I saw it, you know, when you sent it to me, um, it was just, you know, that was the last piece of the puzzle I think that Florida State needed. Um, you know, they've had some addition by subtraction. They've had addition by addition. Um, you know, it's just been a, a really, really good summer, I think, for Florida State in the portal. Um, oh, and the last one from JUCO, um, Connor Strickland from, I think, East Georgia State um, hit 340 this year. Another guy that's going to give you a lot of contact has some pop as well. So, um, you know, he may be in the mix to fill in a uh, lineup spot as well. So, Overall, it's just been, you know, a really exciting summer and it's been really good to see them utilize the portal in a really smart way. For sure. And, you know, it was funny, the, the Terrell news broke and uh, I have a buddy of mine who's a, a diehard Miami Hurricane fan and I immediately texted him the screenshot <laughs> and was like, uh, look at the character development of your guys. We love when they joined the, uh, the good side. And uh, Florida State going and, and pulling a kid from Miami and then as well from Florida, you know, you love to see it, Brett. And uh now, now they're going to be competing against their old teams and uh, carry on. Like you said, I think adds a stability at shortstop that look, man, Florida state hasn't had stability at shortstop in quite a while. And I think it'll be refreshing for fans to just kind of have confidence um, when the ball goes to short, that it's going to be the right play made and whatever he adds offensively, you know, I think, 
I think you can expect him to, to maybe hit for better average than, than Nander DeSantis did um, at Florida State this past year, just because Nander was near, you know, was was almost in the 100s, um, was low 200s his, his whole career. So um, carry on's an exciting ad. I actually believe carry on pitched against Florida State, if I remember correctly, in Tallahassee when FSU was up in a blowout. I think carry on came in late um, and, and got a couple of strikeouts. But uh, now they're at, at Hauser, uh, Terrell, man, that is. You, there's no substitution, man, for a guy who has had that many plate appearances in the ACC. You know, a Terrell, yeah, he had a down year. I think he hit like 260 with seven home runs. But even then, Brett, say he hits 270 and he gives you 12 home runs. That's a major That's a major ad. Like immediately, that changes you. So um, we've seen highlights of Alex Terrell hit moonshots. And, uh, and at Miami and Coral Gables and hitting him into the parking garage. And uh, hopefully now he does that and hits the circus tent in Tallahassee. Um, the Charles kid, I was really interested in because I was looking up like the MLB pipeline from the draft from 2019 and he was 181, um, which I mean, that projects as a, as a pretty high draft pick um, for, for the draft. So if they do figure out his command, I know this summer I saw he struggled with his command again uh, in the summer league that he's playing in. Um, that's going to be something that, that Belly's going to really have to kind of go to work on. Um, the Roberts kid, what, 350, I think, with Tennessee Tech uh, before yeah. transferring to Florida State? Something yeah. In that range. And, uh, yeah, and I think there's, yeah, there's a little ahead. more pop in that, that as well, potentially, I think. And there's stolen bases in there. Um, yeah, I think he could be a really exciting kid to watch at Florida State. Right. And, and so these are immediate impacts. These are not kids that are going to come in and – and maybe, you know, compete for a spot. I think Florida State knew what it wanted. It knew what it needed. Um, and it went out and, and worked accordingly to, to get some of these big names. So um, exciting times for FSU. I do think we should mention some of the guys that are moving on um, from Florida State, just so there's no surprises from the fan base in fall ball when you don't see their names on the roster. Um, the names that I wrote down that were notable to me were uh, Casey Asman, Ryan Romano, uh, Cooper Swanson, whose new school has been announced. He's at Texas Tech. Uh, Dylan Simmons was a bummer to see. Uh, great story, great kid. Um, but Dylan's in the transfer portal. Nander DeSatis has decided to uh, move on, and I think he just announced that he's going to Mizzou to play for the Tigers in the SEC. And then Richie Morales, I know, was a guy that, Brett, you were pretty high on. Yeah, I did like Richie, and I thought he brought some versatility, but um, you know, I don't think they could ever really find a spot for him at Florida State. And, uh, you know, Nander, yeah, like you said, moving on to Missouri, um, you know, I was told that was his own decision. Florida State did not make him enter the portal. Uh, you know, Dylan Simmons, like you said, that one was the biggest surprise for me. Um, but I think, you know, Dylan will do well wherever he goes. You know, coaching staff always raved about Dylan and, you know, always being, you know, a really good kid and a kid that everybody in the locker room likes. Um, you know, he's up here on the Cape. Uh, I think he's just trying to decide if he wants to be a pitcher or a hitter. Um yeah, and Ryan Romano, I think he's deciding. I think he might be going to, um, you know, somewhere in the South as well. Um, but, you know, it's just these guys likely weren't going to get much playing time this upcoming year. So not surprising to see really any of these leave. Um, and, you know, Florida State, you know, they're bringing these guys, they're bringing in the transfer portal. They're bringing them in to start. They're not bringing them in to, you know, just be every, or just be, you know, the utility player or something. These guys are going to be impact players, like you said. No doubt. And, you know, the Roberts, Char, uh, Roberts, Terrell, carry on 
all starting experience. Um, and those are guys that uh, just, it's, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be cool to see uh, these guys come in. And, and I think, you know, for, for a fan base that was frustrated with Florida state's ability to make contact at times, um, you're going to have a lot less swing and miss um, with the guys that you're adding. So um, should be exciting. Uh, Brett, do you want to touch on anything else in terms of the roster? Maybe um, an early outlook for a lineup, uh, things that you like going into the fall. Yeah, I think, you know, T-Mart will still be that, you know, leadoff guy. I think he's just such a good leadoff hitter. Um, you know, like I said, I think Roberts is up there in the top. Terrell is going to be somewhere three to five. I think if you get Lacey back, he's going to be somewhere three to five. And I really, really like Tibbs. Like I said earlier, I think he's another guy that could be middle of the bat and be an impact guy from day one. Um, you know, there's going to be freshman starters. There's going to be, you know, a few freshman starters, I think. Um, you know, I think the biggest questions right now are catcher. Um and, you know, outfield, you're going to have to replace all your outfielders. And, you know, I think at least a couple of those are going to be freshmen. There's a potential that catchers freshmen, you know, it could be Colton Vincent as well. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be the biggest battle of fall and spring at catcher position. You know, we've got a few catchers coming in, have Bass and Menes returning from injury, you know, have Colton coming back as well. Um, so that's one that they're really going to be focused on, you know, this summer right now, working with those freshmen and also the guys that, uh, you know, are coming back and, um, you know, that's really, you know, it's going to be big shoes to fill, but really they're just going to need someone that's consistent, I think, and just hope it's not a revolving door. They don't have to be a Matt Nelson, but they just have to be someone that's consistent. And, you know, I think they have a few exciting prospects there that have really high ceilings. It's just going to be, um, you know, a fall of, of, of really important development for some of those guys. Yeah, and I just want to make a note to Brett, just on Logan Lacey. Uh, I, I really think he's got a chance to have like that, Mike Salvatore, John Sansone type of final year in Tallahassee, you know, because uh, the the second year before both of those guys were drafted, you started to see glimpses of what they would eventually be. Um, and, and you're starting to see that. You started to see that from Lacey throughout this season. Um, and to have an experienced bat like that, where Logan, you know, who's been in, in the college game for a few years. And um, he, I think Logan's got a chance to be all ACC first team next year. Like, I think that's that's the type of bat FSU has maybe a leader um, in that clubhouse too. And in that lineup. So uh, yeah, a lot to be uh, talked about. And again, in the fall, we'll, we'll break down some episodes in the fall of, of exactly what we're seeing and, and guys that are making pushes and, and impressing. Um, but Brett, let's chat maybe a little bit about uh, the summer league circuit. Uh, got a handful of guys in the Cape Cod league Um and for the most part, almost everyone's impressing um, in their summer leagues, whether um, you talk about Bryce Hubbard and, and Jonas Calaro, who are battling for two of the best pitchers uh, in the Cape overall, right? And you've got um, both of them being all-stars. And then you got, I think, Ross Dunn's up in uh, the, Cape League, the Cape Cod League as well. And up until his last outing, I think when he kind of got roughed up a little bit, he had a, a pretty sterling ERA and was impressing a lot of people. I know the strikeouts are still there for him, but overall a really good summer for a lot of these guys. Yeah. Like you mentioned, I mean, first off, just Bryce Hubbard. Um, there's not many words to describe what he's done up here on the Cape. Um, hasn't allowed an earned run in 27 straight innings. Um, you know, his last start of the summer was last night through six scoreless at a summer ERA of 0.87 whip of 0.71 leads the Cape in strike counts. Um, you know, I've talked to Bryce a couple of times, seen him at the park and he pitched against us once and, um, he was really, really good. And, um, you know, Bryce has added a slider, kind of gotten rid of his change up. Um, he's always had that really downhill 
um, curveball, but that's more going to be his sort of get me over pitch now. And the slider will probably be his swing and miss. Um, you know, he was kind of fooling around with it. Hadn't been throwing it much. Um, you know, was, you know, just turned his, his curveball grip a little to the slide to the side and found something there. And, um, you know, two weeks into throwing his slider, he's got it at 2,700 plus RPMs on the spin rate. Um, he's, just, I mean, it's, it's a really, really, it's got a chance to be really, really good. Um, you know, I saw one, I saw one just, he just threw back to back against the lefty when he threw against us. And I just said, you know, that, that, that's, it's just, I don't know where it came from. It's just a really, really good pitch. Um, you know, the vertical break on his fastball, um, is, it's like averaging the top in the country this summer. Um, you know, the ball just jumps out of his hand, even when he's working 89, 91. Um, I just think Bryce is in store for an, ins- just a huge, huge, um, 2022. And I mean, that's your Saturday guy. Um, and, and Bryce knows too, that he, he's not guaranteed a position. He's working hard. And the biggest thing with biggest thing that's been the difference for Bryce since his freshman year is just confidence. I think, um, now when you see him on the mound, he's a guy that just, you know, he's ready to attack. He's not working around guys. He's going after guys. And that's been a really big thing for him. And it was, it's, it's I mean, it was really fun to watch him pitch when I saw him this summer. Um, and he's just been, you know, he's been doing everything he can. He's getting better. And, um, you know, I think, you know, 2022 could be really, really exciting for him. Brett, you just can't argue with the season, the off season that he's put together. I should say the season in the Cape. I, I, my question is, is, I mean, is he the Saturday guy? I mean, Parker, you know, Parker has been fantastic too at team USA. Um, he's, he's had some really good experience, but man, that's going to be a competition in the fall for who gets your Friday night spot. And I think that that competition makes everything better. Um, especially too, Brett, when you talk about like Vanderbilt, right. And they had rocker and lighter and essentially, you know, we're, we're not saying Messick and, and, and Bryce are, are, you know, comparing them to those two exactly, but you have the ability to have that type of dominance on a Friday and Saturday. And so um, seeing Bryce kind of take that next step, there's been a, a pretty big correlation for a lot of people between a strong Cape Cod league summer and then coming back your next year for collegiate. So um, Bryce taking that step forward, uh, like you said, you know, all those innings in a row without giving up an earned run, eight walks, 45 strikeouts, like batters are hitting 135. I mean, it's, it's pure dominance and you're not talking about him just playing against scrubs. I mean, this is the best of the best in the Cape Cod league. And so good for him. Uh, Jonas Scalaro too. we got to give him a shout out. He has been uh, as good almost in, in the Cape this summer. He's also was named a, a Cape Cod League All-Star. Yeah, and it's been, Jonas actually been working as a starter and he's been really his team's best starter. Um, you know, was a reliever mostly for the first part, but then I think he made back-to-back starts where he didn't allow a run and he gave up like one hit over 12 in his pitch. Um, you know, when, when Jonah works ahead, he is really, really tough to hit. Um, you know, just, you know, can go fastball, curveball, slider, change up, can just throw any pitch at any time. And, you know, he's really comfortable. He can work from behind. But when he works from ahead, it's it's really tough for batters to square him up. And, um, you know, especially with the wood bat guys, have really, really struggled to, you know, make some good contact against him. Um, so, you know, uh, it's been cool to watch him work as a starter this summer. You know, he's not going to be a starter for Florida State, but he can give them lots of innings and he can do a lot of different things. And, you know, if he comes back, he's, he's probably going to be the leader in that bullpen. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the time he's been there and the time he's spent with, you know, Chase and Clayton, um, it's just going to, you know, I think he's going to be a really good guy to have back in that bullpen in 2022. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, other guys that are in the Cape for Florida State, uh, I know you, you mentioned Brett Roberts is with, with you at Cotuit. Um, Brandon Walker's with Harwich with the Mariners. I know he struggled a little bit, but um, a good experience, right? Nonetheless, for him to be able to be out there and then Ross Dunn as well uh, with the uh, Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox. Yeah, and Ross has been up to, I believe, 97 this summer. Um, you know, his first, I think, eight outings out of the pen, he was really, really good. And they tried to use him as a starter, and he struggled a bit with his command. But, um, you know, I think he's another guy that, you know, you can't rule him out as this weekend starter if he figures out his command consistently. But either way, I mean, he's never going to be a guy that gets hit around. He's going to be a guy that strikes a lot of guys out. And, you know, worst-case scenario, he's going to be a really dominant arm out of the bullpen, I think. And, you know, B-Walk is another guy. I think that could be a really good arm out of the bullpen. He struggled a bit up here, but – um, you know, I think B-Walk's been working with a couple of new pitches and just trying to figure things out. You know, results aren't, aren't always the entire thing, summer ball, because guys are just trying to work on so many different things. But, um, you know, those are two guys that I do expect to be, um, you know, big, big time factors in 2022. Yeah. And so uh, I'm looking here through other guys that I wrote down, the notable names that have been been playing this summer. Um, interesting enough, Dylan Simmons, who is transferring from Florida state teammates with Bryce, uh, at, at Brewster, uh, with the white caps. So, um, that was interesting. I thought, uh, Parker with team USA, I think we should definitely talk about that a little bit. Um, Florida state's had a handful of guys play with the U S collegiate national team, um, in the past, you know, Drew Parrish, Tyler Holton come to mind, at least in recent memory. Um, they, they usually came back, you know, and, and it was a, a really good building tool for them for their following season. Parker, you know, he had a pretty unique opportunity to, to pitch against the U S Olympic baseball team that that's out there now in, in Tokyo trying to bring home the gold. I think Parker ended up pitching 10 innings overall with team USA this summer, just throughout all the different appearances and competitions. Uh, and I think his ERA was somewhere in the high threes. Um, so um, that, that could end up being a, a really good experience for him. Yeah, and I think he gave up three runs and seven innings against the collegiate team and a couple of runs against the Olympic team. But like you said, I mean, that's all about the experience and, and learning from the best pitchers, learning from the best coaches in the country. Um, you know, just Parker is always going to be that bulldog. He's always going to give you that same mentality. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he had a really fun time representing Team USA and, you know, getting to, I mean, there's not a better way to build experience than going against the Olympic, I mean, the national team of, I mean, obviously it's not the best players in the U S it's, uh, you know, minor leaguers and some, you know, older pro guys, but, um, you can learn a lot from those guys. You can learn a lot from how they hit against you, how they attack you. So, um, you know, I think it's only going to make Parker better. Oh, I mean, you got the Todd father out there, uh, playing with the, the collegiate, uh, the uh, Olympic team. And I think I saw Scott Casimir is pitching, um, for, for the Olympic team too, former, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Ray, but, uh, I actually think too, Brett, if I'm not wrong, uh, Drew Parrish was on the preliminary roster uh, to make the Olympics, and he actually pitched pretty well um, in the trials and 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 the, and the uh, I guess I want to call them the practice games, really the scrimmages that they had. Um, but Parrish ultimately got left off the roster, but still a, a pretty cool experience, and almost had a a former null heading out to Tokyo um, with the Olympic team. Uh, let's see other guys that I want to touch on. I had a couple. I had a couple more guys from. Yeah, there are other couple, leagues that I wrote down. A couple freshmen, um, yeah, Andrew Armstrong and Jackson, as you have both been really good this summer. 
Um, Armstrong's with Savannah Bananas and Coastal Plain League. 0.96 ERA in 18.2 innings, 28 Ks. Um, you know, Ar- Army's a guy that I really, really think is going to be crucial out of four stays bullpen. He's going to be a guy that they use in those, like, you know, maybe just one batter situations, but he's always going to be really, really tough on, on left-handed hitters. And he has the ability with this change to get righties out too. And he's a guy that me always like to mention as a guy they needed to use more. And I think he's going to be, you know, maybe, you know, you know, that type of what Scalaro and, and Bukowski have been for so long. Uh, I mean, he got to learn from those guys last year and it, it will do him really well. Um, Jackson Azu was an all-star in the NECBL Northeast, uh, baseball league 2.16 era in 25 innings he's got 30 39 k's and only two walks um you know that's a big development for him being able to command the strike zone um giving up 21 hits he's been really good this summer so it's been really good to see both those guys have a major development this summer into themselves and finding what works for them um you know i know coaching staff is excited about what both of those guys could do for them in the future yeah especially in the zoo uh, a guy that committed to Florida, remember for O'Sullivan, uh, and he was committed for a while um, and, and really at the last minute decided to come to Tallahassee and, and be a Seminole. And they really liked the, the, the potential for him. He was a top rated recruit. I mean, that's a, that's a blue chip recruit. Um, and if you're two walks to 39 Ks, if you figure that out, you're going to have a lot of success, I think in the collegiate, uh, the collegiate level, especially when the spring season starts. Uh, I think AJ Shaver as well, his teammates with Nazu at Martha's Vineyards. I think that's Martha's Vineyard. They're called the Sharks in that league. And um, Shaver's another one that I think, you know, a very toolsy guy uh, could be drafted pretty highly if he ever puts it together and um, getting him him some experience as well. uh, Pretty big this summer. But Brett, uh, you know, overall, summer league baseball, uh, a time to, to really improve. Like you said, results, you know, those are nice. Stats are nice, but that's not really the end all be all. Um, and, and it seems like most of these guys are either adding pitches, you know, to the repertoire, or if you're a hitter, they're finding ways to get more at bats with a, a, with a wooden bat, um, which should help them as they move into the fall. Yeah. And I mean, especially for hitters, the numbers aren't everything because wooden bats, metal bat. Um, but yeah, I mean, these four state pitchers have just shown how dominant the staff could potentially be. Um, I mean, they're facing the best hitters in the country all summer and they're all doing really well. Um, and I mean, it, I, it's just, it really excites me for what could come in 2022. If Florida State finds, you know, it doesn't need to be a great lineup. It doesn't need to be good. It just, it just needs to be not boomer bust. And that's what Florida State's worked on this summer and getting back to being, you know, they just want to be something that can generate its own offense and on its off days still score some runs and not have to rely on the home run. Um, so I think, you know, you're going to see a much different offense this year. You're going to see, a pitching staff that could be even better than it was last year. And, you know, I think if it all comes together and, you know, play good defense, then it could be something really special. And I think it's, you know, this summer it's just been the beginning of that with some of these guys development. For sure. Uh, and again, uh, this is the time for them to to start making their strides for, for the following season. And I know Seminole fans are, are hopeful that the, the Knowles can return to, to Omaha here in, in 2022. Um, and, and it all starts in the summer as they move into the fall um, when the teams do reconvene. So Brad, anything else you want to add before we wrap this one up? Nope. Just ready to get back to it in fall. Ready to get back to Tallahassee soon. And, um, you know, be recording these in person again, not over zoom. All right. Uh, we'll ha- hopefully have another episode, um, sometime in early fall, uh, to kind of kick things back off. And again, we always appreciate your listenership, uh, 
we had over, we had nearly 20,000 listens in our first year, um, which is really exciting. Um, that that's a number that I don't think me or Brett really could have imagined would be possible. Um, when we first thought that, you know, we were going to put this thing together. Um, and it just shows the passion that, that the fan base that you guys have, um, for Florida state baseball. So, uh, Brett, get back to tally safe, um, have fun the rest of the time in the Cape Cod league. And, uh, want to remind you guys that we are on Apple pods on Google pods on Spotify. Um, if you do have Apple and you could rate us five stars, uh, if you like this podcast, please do, um, leave us a review. Um, ask us some questions. If you have going into the fall, email us, uh, tweet at us, and we will try and answer those as we kick off the fall season. Um, but until then for Brett Nevitt, Amaria Masudi saying thank you. And we'll talk to you soon.